Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jim Trotter from NFL Network and NFL.com. He was at uh, Lipstick City yesterday for the Chargers win over the Packers. And Jim, how you doing, buddy? I read your column on the game and I thought it was really good because you basically, in in essence, uh, you know, I came away with it wondering, who are they? Are they real or not? Because they've had all these uh, close games uh, where they've lost by a touchdown or uh, whatever to the, you know, Texans, Browns, Steelers, and then by field goals to the Lions and Titans. And they could have lost a couple of games that teams missed field goals against them. So who are they after you watched them play? Do you believe in this team still? I can't, you know, to answer your question, the Cliff Notes version is I don't know who they are. Um, they are so schizophrenic. They seem to play to the level of the competition. And as Philip Rivers said after the game, you know, it seems like it takes a game where everyone is saying they have no chance for them to step up and play the way that, that many of us expected them to play coming into the year. So, look, there's, they, they've been banged up much of the year. At one point they were down seven starters, I believe. But they're starting to get some people healthy again. And they've got a tough – uh, uh, third quarter of the season. If they get through that, okay, then they've got a shot to, to make a run. Tell me about this, uh, the new, uh, like, the quarterback's coach is calling the plays now. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's very accurate. They they fired offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt a week ago tonight, actually. And, you know, there were philosophical differences between him and head coach Anthony Lane about not only how much to run the ball, but how to run it and when to run it. And so Anthony Lynn made the change. And now what it was on on, uh, Sunday, it was a real collaborative effort. You know, the quarterback's coach was calling the plays. But what he would do is you would have a huddle of guys at key moments in the game. You'd have Anthony Lynn. You'd have the receivers coach, the offensive line coach, the tight ends coach. And the QB coach would say, look, this is what I'm thinking here, two plays. And let's say um, you're going to throw the ball in that situation. Well, the wide receiver coach may say, look, Go with the first play. The second one doesn't match up well with what we're trying to do or the skill set of this player. And so they would do it that way. So it was a real collaborative effort. I thought it would be much more chaotic with so many voices involved in the process. But everyone I spoke to after, coaches, players, said it actually went pretty smooth. Are they, uh, you know, Jim Trotter with the NFL Network, are they uh, positive about seeing, like, Gordon and Eckler bang out a buck and a half? I think they had, like, somewhere around that between the two of them. I mean – why aren't they pounding those two more than if that's going to be effective? Well, they did run well. They, they had uh, season-high 159 yards rushing. You know, one guy had 80, one had 70. Melvin had two touchdowns. It was the first time this season since ending his holdout that he actually started to look like the Melvin Gordon we're familiar with. Um, again, it gets back to philosophy. And, you know, when Ken Wisenhunt was calling plays, you know, Anthony Lynn, I think, felt that they were trying to operate too much on the perimeter, that they weren't necessarily committed to the run game. And so what they did yesterday is they ran between the tackles an awful lot. Now, what's interesting is when you talk to Phillip Rivers and others after the game, they were kind of surprised that the, the Packers did not adjust their defense. They kept lining up their four-man front. They didn't bring a lot of blitzes. And because they didn't make a lot of 
adjustments, what Phillips said is, look, we just kept running some of the same plays out of the same formations. They ran a lot of 13 personnel and basically said, we're not going to change until the Packers change. And when Green Bay didn't, uh, Los Angeles just kept running the ball. Did you, uh, like when you went to that game, when you were headed over there to see that game, were you in, in some capacity or another thinking, I'm going to go watch Aaron Rodgers light it up today like he does every week? Were you surprised? Uh, did you have that feeling going in that you were going to see like Rodgers do his thing or that Rivers and Rodgers were going to put on a show? Because I thought it looked like to me like Aaron Rodgers, uh, it was just like one of those days where they were just taking the day off. No, look, anytime you go see Aaron Rodgers, you're expecting to see a show. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest ever. So, yes, I, I was expecting to see more. You know, but with I think it was ten and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Packers had been outgamed in total yards. Uh, 404 to 84. Now, no one, no one could have convinced me that that's what I was going to see. And after the game, I talked to Casey Hayward and said, look, you're a former teammate of Aaron Rodgers. Have you ever seen him uh, playing a game like that where he struggled that much or the off, their offense struggled that much? And he said, no, you really have to go back and check it. You know, statistically, he couldn't remember it. But I think Aaron said it best after the game. They got humbled. They weren't necessarily focused and ready. But part of it, too, you know, Scotty, was that early in the game, their first few series, they hurt themselves a lot with penalties, you know, so they were consistently in third and long. And that was the game plan for the Chargers coming in as it related to defending Aaron Rodgers was to say, look, we have got to be effective on first and second down and put them in third and longs because if you don't, you know, he's going to pick his poison and, and, and you're in trouble. So they did a good job defensively getting after him, but Green Bay was its own worst enemy early in that game in terms of the penalties that it took. What do you think of uh, the kid Aaron Jones for the Packers? I like him a lot, you know, but I'll say this. That was one of the things yesterday I thought that, that you know, Matt LaFleur got away from the run game. Uh, I think he had, what, only 10 rushes? You know, that's a guy you've got to feed more. And, and look, you could say they got behind early, but – it was nine to nothing at the half, so it's not like they were some great distance behind. Um, Green Bay is at its best when it's balanced, and yesterday it was not balanced. What do you think, uh, Jim Trotter, of the problems the Browns are having? <laughs> um, I laugh only because I was one of those people who was kind of riding that train uh, before the season that they were going to be pretty good. But the one question I had, and I said it then, was, the one unknown here is the head coach, Freddie Kitchens. How is he going to be able to manage these personalities? Will being the head coach as well as the play caller be too much? And I think we're seeing some of that happening here. Um, the other thing here is I think you have a quarterback who, you know, I think felt entitled almost after his rookie season and thought that it was just going to come. You know, it's I've not I've rarely seen a young quarterback, a first year, second year quarterback talk as much as, 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 you know, Baker Mayfield does. And so um, I think they've got some internal issues. I don't understand why you would bring in a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. and then not feature him. They simply have not been able to get the ball to him. And you saw opportunities yesterday where he was winning one-on-one -on -one battles and the ball was not coming in his direction. That's a problem that has to be addressed. There's no doubt about it. Jim Trotter, uh, the great writer and reporter for NFL Network and NFL.com with us on the bench. What do you think of the job Russell Wilson's doing? How about that game yesterday in overtime that he led them down and they scored? And he, you know, threw five touchdown passes. The guy has been unbelievable this year and only one pick. And after they blew that lead and then to get it done again, I mean, it really says a lot about what he's doing.
you know, Scotty, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. This is what we've seen from him every year. He kind of, in some ways, I know this sounds funny talking about a guy who's the highest paid player in the league and who has been to Pro Bowls and whatnot. But at times, he seems to fly under the radar and never get the full credit that he deserves. I mean, he is simply a tremendous player. I know initially in the preseason when we talked about MVP candidates, he was my choice. And then I changed it going into the season after DK Metcalf got hurt and said, well, who is he going to throw to? So let me back off and I end up switching. Um, but Russell's been phenomenal and, and, and he's carried that team, but he has carried that team for a number of years that he's been there. You know, the thing that's disappointed me about Seattle thus far is that I thought defensively they would get better as the season went on, and I'm not seeing that right now. And if anything, I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. But it sets up a really fascinating game a week from tonight when you've got the Seahawks at the 49ers. You know, 8-0, I believe, versus 7-2 and should be a lot of fun. No doubt about it. What do you think of the uh, job Gruden's doing with this Raider bunch after they lost uh, Antonio Brown with all that drama? A lot of people, I think, thought they'd go down the drain and be terrible again. They've been anything but terrible. They've been in almost every game, every week that they play, win or lose. They've been I, I, fairly impressive. Yeah, I think they've done a good job with the young talent that they have. I think Derek Carr in his second year under John Gruden has really come on. And if you watch him, he's playing really well. And obviously the rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, has been phenomenal for them this year. But a key issue for them, again, as it was a year ago, is their inability to pressure the quarterback and, and, and to get sacks. And that helps your back end, obviously. You know, a defensive back's best friend is a pass rush. And to me, if they are able to address that, they would be so much more effective. But the thing that concerns me now is they're starting to have some injuries. You know, look, um, Trent Brown, the right tackle, who midpoint of the season arguably have been the best right tackle in football, has been banged up a little bit of late. And he's got to be effective, in my opinion, for them to get to where they want to go. So I'm uh, the Vikings-Chiefs game was great, and Moore's done a decent job. Now, I'm assuming they're going to get uh, Mahomes back this week. Is that about right? Uh, he's in consideration for it, but nothing final yet. Wow. Uh, what do you think of that uh, team, how they've played in his absence? Uh, is there a head coach who does more with a backup quarterback than than no. Andy Reid? No. I mean, he's just phenomenal when it comes to his ability to – to plug and play at that position where most teams you lose your starting quarterback. Um, it's a very difficult time. So Andy Reid is just one of the best to have done it in terms of play calling and, and developing quarterbacks. And um, they did not miss a beat for the most part. They were able to stay above water with, with Mahomes out. And now they've got a chance if he does come back this week to go ahead and try and make that run and make their push for a high seed in the playoffs. Do you think that Adam Gase is doomed in New York in, in his first season? It seems like he's walking around like a zombie. Look, you know, it's funny. I was having this talk with another GM tonight. We were talking about, you know, which head coaches might get let go after the year, that sort of thing. And I think if you're the Jets, you have to have a serious conversation about that because what I'm seeing from the Jets at this moment is very disturbing in terms of the regression of Sam Darnold. You know, Adam's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. We're not seeing – um, Darnold take that next step and just the overall feel there's a vibe that just isn't right with that club and, and, and part of creating a culture and that vibe falls on the head coach so would I be shocked if a change were made after the season not at all so this guy Deshaun Watson he blows out the Jags in London and he's just been incredible to watch play football what a badass 
<laughs> Without question. The one thing I would like to see him do is not hold on to the ball so long and take some hits that you would like to see him avoid. But, man, what a tremendous player. And, and beyond that, Scotty, he's an even better person than player, and that's the thing that's so so special about him. Um, I remember when he was coming out in the draft, one of the guys who was training him said to me, you know, this guy is special. This guy has it. You know, he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. And I'm like, wow, you know, you know, you've worked with a lot of top young quarterbacks. I've not heard you speak about a guy like that. And he said, no, this guy is special. And as I watched Deshaun Watson, I don't know that he's going to win multiple Super Bowls, which is not because of him, but what's around him. But no question, he's just a special player. What do you think of T.J. Watt, the way he's playing for the Steelers' defense? He's playing well, but that entire unit is playing well. And I think the key was getting, you know, that middle linebacker position addressed with Devin Bush Jr., you know, when they lost Shazier, that was a major loss defensively in terms of the speed at that position, be able to go sideline to sideline to bring pe- pressure and at times cover. And now they feel like they have that guy. That guy. And when you pair him with, with the talent that was already there, you know, Mike Tomlin is doing an incredible job this year considering the injuries that they've had, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm always fascinated when I hear Steeler fans talk about wanting to get rid of Tomlin. You've got a guy who's been there, what, 12 years? Never had 12, 13 years, never had a losing season. I can think of a lot of franchises that would love to have a head coach like that. No doubt. Lastly, uh, Carver High just uh, said something in my ear that if I don't mention uh, the Bills to you, that he was going to punch me in the face. (laughs) Okay, you mentioned them. What's your question? I mean, you got to like the way they're playing defense and the way they're winning. You can say whatever you want. They're 6-2, and and, uh, they got a big game in Cleveland this week. They just keep winning. That's all that matters, and they're sort of flying under the radar. Um, they're a talented club. Uh, I like Josh Allen in terms of, of, of seeing what he can bring. Obviously, he has some things that you would like to see him grow through, and I think he's going he's going to continue to mature. But I like what I see from them. And a the young running back, um, he's a stud, man, and he's got a great teacher and, and one of my favorite players of all time in Frank Gore. So, uh, no, the Bills are, are a team that – if you don't come prepared to play, um, you'll be disappointed as you walk away from the stadium with a loss. Yeah, I want to see him on the road this week in Cleveland, do it there, and prove that they're legit and 6-2, and two, that they can go anywhere. It doesn't matter who they play. I think the Browns stink, but it'll be like one of those weeks where they show up all of a sudden because they're so desperate. Trots, great stuff as always. Loved your uh, piece on the Chargers. Uh, always love having you on the bench, brother. I'll catch up with you real soon. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio as always. I appreciate you, buddy. All right, uh, Jim Trotter with NFL Network with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.